Welcome back or welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm a confidence coach. I'm an instigator of joy. I'm an intuitive human design reader. And most of all, I am a human. And I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up-level with ease and be sparkly AF. All right, you guys. We're right in the middle of Mercury retrograde right now. And this is a time when people say like, oh, oh my God, I don't want to make any contracts. I don't want to commit to anything. Just keep me away from technology because it's all going to screw up. Maybe that is so. But maybe when technology messes with us, maybe it's an invitation. Maybe when Facebook Live doesn't work, maybe it's a nudge. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing right now or maybe ever, but certainly not this, not now. Maybe when you have to take the big surprise detour, it's not, uh, oh my God, the world is out to get me and trying to slow me down. I mean, we're not here to be efficient. That's not what this life is about. We're here to experience joy. And maybe this is an opportunity to explore. Maybe it's an opportunity for an adventure. Maybe it's an opportunity to remind you while we're not here to be efficient, that we have only this moment. Maybe it's an invitation to live in wonder and awe. And of course, maybe Mercury in retrograde is an opportunity and an invitation for you to remember who you are, who your soul chose you to be. Maybe it's an opportunity to check in with yourself and be like, how am I living my design? Am I doing what my soul chose for me? Does it feel good? to do what my soul chose for me? Does it feel like I'm living in flow when I follow my design? Does it feel kind of forcey and struggle bussy when I'm not living my, my design? This whole crazy life thing is all a giant experiment and we get to ask these questions and we get to find the answers and then we get to change the answers whenever we want. All right, my friends, it's time to get into this week's conversations with Kate Morrow. When she was four, She used to climb to the top of a hill every day, point off in the distance and say, that's where I get to go to school in the fall. Even then, she was eager to learn everything she could, squeeze the most out of life, and have a great time doing it. Kate is a transformational coach, teacher, speaker, and artist. She fiercely believes joy is the whole point of our being here and works with women all over the world who desire success on their own terms and who are ready to raise their standards to choose joy as their baseline for their bodies, work, and lives. As I'm sure you gather from that intro, this is a fun conversation and I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, your job here is to live in joy. Joy is your natural state and you're here to go for it and be awesome. So we have something in common. It is our obsession and our love for joy. I always say that joy is our natural state. Yeah. I love it. I always like joy is the whole point, guys. Like it's the whole point. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I feel that in my entire body when you say that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the movie Inside Out, the Disney movie, Pixar movie, I guess. It's like, I I use this as an example all the time because it's like baby is born and then joy, joy exists. Like we are literally born joy. That is it. (laughs) Yes. And then we forget. We forget or like let the other things take over or get conditioned out of it or something. But it's like, that's actually 
to me what we're supposed to be like we're supposed to be joy and experience joy in this life that's that's the game is to like how much joy can i have (laughs) and what happens when i follow the joy yeah and then just keep following more joy and joy and joy yeah and you know it's funny like I've really been looking at this lately, especially, I mean, with myself, with my clients, with everybody, it's like, I really don't think that like the biggest fear that people have is the fear of like failing or struggle or anything like that. It's like, we are so scared of actually just having it be really good. Mm -hmm. And then like acknowledging that there's more good beyond that. And there's more fun and more pleasure and more delight that's possible. It's like, it's like we get into this place of like, this is like the comfortable space. Like there's like this middle ground of comfortable space of joy, right? Like, okay, like things are pretty good here. Like I'm feeling good. Now I got to stay in the pretty good. And like, if we get to the, you know, you get to that, like sometimes like shit happens, right? I hope I can swear. I don't yeah, know. You can. <laughs> like, or, you know, whatever happens, things get overwhelming, something ter- like something bad happens, like whatever you know, you have a depressive episode or anxiety or something like that. And it's like, we get way, we get far away from that, like comfortable good space. Most of us then at some point, like that, that survival mechanism will kick in and you'll start to do the things to take care of yourself, to take care of your life, to get you back pretty good. Right. Because like, we don't want to hang out in like the, the terrible for too long. But if we go the other side and like, you have like moments of like, things are really good we actually do the same thing in reverse. That's where I think like the self-sabotage, which I don't even know if I really believe in that phrase, but it's like, we like kick in these habits and patterns that we have to bring us back to the, like the pretty good instead of stopping and being like, okay, this is, this is, this feels really great. Like I'm alive. I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. Things are joyful. And we don't even like most of the time, like I think most people aren't conditioned to be like, how do I, how do I create more of this? We're like, oh God, I better hold on to it because at one point the other shoe's going to drop <laughs> or like something bad or chaotic is going to happen. And we don't get, we like, suddenly we're like back into that comfortable space again. It's so fascinating how we do that. Or as I just saw this clearly as you were talking that just calling it self-sabotage for now. Um, I think it happens because we're like in joy and we're like, this is so good. What if it's taken away from me? Mm-hmm. And then oh, so I'm going to protect myself by taking it away from me before <laughs> yeah. anyone else can do it. Totally. And I think a lot of that's like subconscious, but we do yeah. it. It's like, it is. It's like, well, it's going to get taken away. So I want to be the one to control it. Yeah. I want to, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one so that I don't get surprised or hurt or mm-hmm. devastated when something happens that's unexpected. Yeah. Totally. It's the same way we work with our inner critic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to tell myself, again, this is subconscious, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell myself that I'm not good enough or I'm not skinny enough or whatever it is. So when somebody else tells me that, oh, it's not going to hurt because I already know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think too, like, I, I know I have so many examples of this in my life where like things get good and then I create some like, or like, you know, create some sort of like drama or chaos or like my brain starts looking for like, disasters that could potentially happen so that I'm not present to the joy. Yeah. It's so much safer to go into like disaster thinking or like plan A, plan, you know, plan B, plan C, or like just enough rather than like, can I really be present to how good this feels right now? What makes joy feel unsafe? You know, I think it's just like, 
if you if you're not used to that that experience in your body like the cellular experience of joy it can it can be as like a, a danger signal to our brains of like this isn't normal this is un- unknown this is uncertain must go back to like whether it's patterns of tension or like fuzziness or whatever it is i think it feels that's like on a physiological level i think that can happen but i also think like I know I can speak for myself for sure that what I bump up against a lot, and this is something I've worked with for years and years and years, is if I am too joyful, nobody's going to want to relate to me or I'm going to get dismissed. Like, oh, she's just that happy, bubbly one. Like, that's great for her. But like us over here in the real world, like we have to struggle and work Mm -hmm. hard and make things happen. And I don't think that like, I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of like, you know, positive, shiny, happy veneers. I think that get pushed over doing the work sometimes, but like you can be joyful and still, still need to work hard and put in effort. And I think they can actually go hand. Sometimes the the joy comes from the the hard work. Right. Um, But I think it can feel, it can feel unsafe if like you've never had good models of that before, or if you're in a space that feels unknown and different of like, this does feel really good. And like, I'm really enjoying myself and I don't know where to go from here because I've never seen this before in somebody else, or I've personally never experienced it before. Like, is it okay to feel this good when everything is telling me that like, I shouldn't. Whether that's well, what it, when you say everything, what is it? Is it just society? Yeah. Like, honestly, it's like, <laughs> like I, like, there's, there's this interesting thing. And I've talked to other people about this too, of that, like, like, well, if I have, if everything's going well and I have no drama in my life, like, and, and like, I'm enjoying myself, like, who's going to want to be my friend? <laughs> Isn't that, what are you going to talk thing? about? What yeah. are you going to talk about? Yeah. Like what's, what if there's, what if I can't relate to anybody? What if like, what if it, you know, what if it's just me on my own? Like, that's not fun either. I think that's a really big thing for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's culturally we bond over complaining. Mm-hmm. We bond over hatred. And you see it like the strangers in a line at a grocery store. They'll mm-hmm. start talking about like, oh yeah, the peppers weren't any good today or whatever it <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. And and if you I've done this experiment a few times. Um where I'll say something joyful to Mm -hmm. somebody else and a lot of times it totally throws them and they don't really know how to respond yeah yeah it's it's why one of my favorite questions to ask is like what's exciting in your life right now like what are you enjoying because one either it gets people to think like oh i haven't really thought about it or two it's like oh somebody's actually giving me an outlet to talk about the good things in my life I think like I want to like that's the world I want to live in where like we don't ignore the bad stuff or ignore the hard stuff like but coming from that baseline of like if if I truly believe that at the end of the day we are all going to be okay and like I could get into a whole topic about like the actual state of our world and the structures of our society and like how honestly fucked up so many things are it's like if if I if I want to build a world where we have that possibility of like, I, we all come from joy. We all are joy. We don't have to do things to deserve it. Mm-hmm. 
that's like a really that's a really powerful statement and it's like something I want to get like I get behind every single day and I think that when we can give other people that opportunity even if they don't really recognize it for what it is it can create that 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 little shift whether it's today or a year from now or whenever what color is joy for you it's like rainbow glitter sparkles (laughs) what's it smell like the ocean what's it sound like it doesn't she doesn't have a sound it's just like mm, like i don't know (laughs) what's it taste like is is sunlight a weird thing to say because like that's okay it tastes like sunlight (laughs) um what is it what does it feel like to touch um, in my body, it feels like like fizzy bubbles, like running like through like my heart and through my arms and like up through my head. Um, that's what it feels like for me too. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to touch joy, what would it feel like? Mm, probably like a really fuzzy blanket. <laughs> it feels like for me, it feels like puppy dog ears. Yeah, that is exactly like I have a little white fluffy dog, and like that is what I was picturing. I was like a little fluff. <laughs> yeah. For me, it looks like the color is um, my favorite color, which is sunrise, like pink and orange, Mm. bright pink and orange. None of these muted. It's not a muted sunrise. (laughs) It's like a good morning world sunrise. It tastes like passion fruit. Mm. It smells like jasmine. Mm. (laughs) Yum. Yeah. Like it feels like that. Um, what's that potion in Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince? Like Amortentia. It's like it smells different to every person. Like what they're most attracted to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That. (laughs) And when we know what it smells like and sounds like and feels like and tastes like and all that, I I feel like like we're we're like picking up joy and rolling it around in our hands, Mm -hmm. examining it and looking at it and looking at all the different sides of it, and we're like, yeah. I see you. Yeah. You can be in me. Yeah, because like, because joy is a big topic, right? It's like it it can feel like vast and wonderful, or vast and overwhelming, or like a little bit of all of that. But it can also be so simple, right? Like like sensory, like the perfect temperature, like morning coffee, mm-hmm. like just like oh, like that. It's like drinkable and it's warm, but it's not too hot. It's like oh, so good, right? And it's like the things that we can get present to, like when you're talking about scents now, I'm like, oh, like fresh baked bread, like that smell. Like if I smell it walking down the street, like I just like stop. I'm like, oh, yum, you know, like it, just, yeah. it brings us into the present moment when we allow ourselves to experience joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is joy a gateway to presence or is presence a gateway to joy? Ooh both and (laughs) I feel like I I mean I definitely believe that like learning to become present and more aware in any given moment is a way to invite more joy in because when we're not present we're like in our heads or we're you know out of our bodies or like in the past or in the future it can it's like we're we're looking for something outside of right now or outside of ourselves to create the experience that we're seeking And so having practices of getting present, of checking in, of like becoming aware of your surroundings, becoming aware of your thoughts, becoming aware of like 
what's what's motivating you right now like what's what's driving whatever you're doing that can and then that can create the space to be like okay and is joy present Mm -hmm. how much can i invite in more and on the flip side i think it it is like you're talking about like that beautiful sunrise or like like something like that just automatically there are things that drop us into joy immediately like same like whenever i open the door and my dog is there just like ready to love on me it's like whatever I was thinking about pauses for a second and you're just like right there in that like delightful moment. Yeah. So it's like, I think both, it, it, they, they go both ways and they feed each other. Have you always been, I want to say into joy. <laughs> like so into joy. <laughs> totally into joy. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I like, yes and no my parents always told me that I was a very happy baby. Like I almost never cried and I just was content to like sit there and like smile and watch the world go by. Um, and I have a history of classic projector. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's great. Also, you'll probably appreciate this. I, I didn't walk until I was 15 months old, but I could speak at like five months and I (laughs) like way early. And I, I was talking in sentences before I could walk and I never crawled. I just sat. And then one day I stood up and started walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The contrast. I, I started walking at 10 months and I apparently like crawled for a day and then got up and walked and ran. Yeah. It's so funny. Just like, no, I'm, I was very content to let people just pick me up and move me places until I wasn't. And then I was like, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> um, but I, I, I always find that funny because like, I like, yes. And I have a history of depression and anxiety and I used to get pretty regular panic attacks and that's something I've had to work through a lot. Like I think that I, I have been blessed with the capacity to feel very deeply and it goes both ways. And mm-hmm. so like part of the reason why I feel like I am so into joy as, as, as I, love, I love that is like, because I have to choose it every single day. Was like, it present for you? in your depression and anxiety it was always yeah yes like it was always there even if it felt underneath or even if it felt like i was looking for it somewhere outside of me like there was always that that yearning to have joy and beauty and aliveness in my life i think that was like it it was such it's such an interesting contrast from the like like from the depressive side of things it's like everything just kind of like for me everything just sort of feels blah like I can't I like when I'm in that space I can't really bring myself to feel deeply in any direction um and then there's like the anxiety and panic that are like super intense heightened like experiences that are not joyful even a little bit and it's almost like like things would build up and then once they would find like I they would release then there would be space because I didn't know how to be present I didn't know how to be in my body I didn't know how to like feel my emotions and understand what was happening I would just shove them all in until they exploded and even in that though it was like I like there's some part of me even if it wasn't fully conscious that could sense that like this all of this was like me trying to seek that aliveness and fulfillment and like feeling like myself and feeling joyful do you feel like you need to be connected with your body to feel joy, to experience joy, to be joy? I, I do. Yeah. And it may be a little bit different for everybody, but like mm-hmm. my natural tendency is to just be in my head. 
you can even look at my you can look at my human design chart. My top four centers are are um, filled in, and the rest are all <laughs> they're all um, what is it non defined? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like my brain is always going, and like I have to very consciously root into my body. But like I've always been an athlete. I've always played sports, even if I'm like not good at them. I love there's something about that physicality that like resets and reconnects me to everything. I think that, wait, this is really interesting. So my top two centers are open, undefined. Mm-hmm. Everything else is defined. Okay. And so there's, we're two people who are very much connected to our bodies. Yeah. Like lifelong athletes coming at it from different, like the different design. Like I'm not in my head. I am in my head. I, I mean, I have ADHD. I can get the overwhelm of the undefined center. And at the same time, like things flow through my wide yeah. open centers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Cause like, I think like I, I always have all the thoughts and like my, both myself and my throat are defined. So it's like, I have a very clear sense of like self and a very clear sense of like what I'm thinking, what I want to say, but there's a, like with the top two defined, it's like sometimes there's so many thoughts that I can't stop them. And I, or like, I don't know how to organize them. And then I get all up like, in this head in like I'm moving my hands around my head right now like this like head space and it feels like I can't even feel my body and moving for me has always been that like let me like that it roots me down and like connects me to the physical world yeah like here you are here this is the vehicle you're living in <laughs> and it helps to take some of that like that pressure from the root center that it probably comes from being undefined like it helps to like release some of that pressure of like you have to figure it out it has to be done. You have to, you have to know you have like all that stuff. It's like, okay, no, I'm okay here. The thoughts mm-hmm. don't have to all be acted on or figured out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the open root comes with that, like stress. The, I, I give people the open root, the reminder, someone else's panic is not your panic. Oh my God. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind myself that all the time. Like, open root, open sacral, open spleen, open heart, like all of these, like most of my feelings aren't actually mine. Yes. Like really frustrating for me because I really like feelings and I like to identify with feelings, but it's actually like not good for me to identify with my feelings too hard. (laughs) You know what? Years ago, I'd forgotten about this until right now. You're the person who taught me, um, to check in how to feel if feelings were mine or someone else's. Really? And, that's awesome. And then to return to sender with compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still use that on a regular basis. I still talk oh. to clients about that every day. That's amazing. Thank yeah. You I'm, you're me. welcome. I mean, I definitely didn't make that up. And like that one practice of like, of, of just, if this isn't mine, it needs to go has changed so much for me. Cause like, it's really hard to be present. It's really hard to have like, you know, bringing it back. Like it's hard to have that like true awareness of what's right for us. If we're constantly streaming other people's experiences and feelings through us and, and like taking them as our own. Yeah. I do feel other people's feelings and I, but with the open head centers, mm-hmm. I'll, so if I'm at a table with a bunch of coaches and we're brainstorming on like, I don't know, like taglines or whatever it is on people's businesses. Then it comes to my, my turn. I know nothing. <laughs> like people are like, Kelsey, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, um, I don't know. Like, I, 
<laughs> now I get it. And I know yeah. that I either need to be able to go run around to get back mm-hmm. in my body before I answer, or I need to like write down my little like elevator pitch at least so I can lean on that until I get back into my body. That's so fascinating. Makes sense though. Yeah. <laughs> just get other people's thoughts in there. I can't yeah. find it. It's like trying to find something in a really messy room. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some time. I need to move a lot of shit around in here. No, that totally makes sense. And it's funny as you're saying that, like, it's, it's like a totally, it's, it's like a, an opposite thing, but it's like, I think that's why like running or cycling or like anything that like causes me to move more intensely, it helps to like clear that aura space which mm-hmm. is like, like they always say, like, I mean, what I've always heard is like, and it feels true for me too, is like projectors need time by themselves so that they can like release everybody else's stuff. And like, yes, but also moving my body creates that for me too, whether I'm by myself or not. Yes, me too. So fascinating. Me too. <laughs> and easy bike rides by myself are the times when like all of my posts come through there. Mm-hmm. like it's these it just comes through me and sometimes I'm tempted to pull over to the side and like no trust, trust <laughs> whatever's there when you get home we'll be perfect still be there you're like furiously taking notes on your phone like while you're like <laughs> at a stoplight yeah. or something <laughs> yeah luckily I'm not and like, yeah. don't 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 nope. touch it. that's the practice it's the same as the practice of mm-hmm. like like you know something gets hard and I go to reach for my phone and it's like no mm-hmm. no oh, you yeah. don't need that yeah. Like reaching for a binky. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally is. Like, on board. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. Let me just reach for the nearest distraction kind yeah. of thing, which doesn't really give us the space to like see what's on the other side of that. No. It, and I think like the first thing to see is the, the habit that you're probably not, we're not even conscious of, but like our mm-hmm. hand just does it. Oh, yeah. And then to see it in your hand and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you going to do with this thing? Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I found myself reaching for my phone in the middle of a corset. And I was like, what? I ne- the phone was there because I needed it to look at two of the exercises. I'd already done those. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with this? Yeah. No. Put it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd love to find the, the distractions that'll make us feel like that momentary release which is really fascinating because like this is, I think this is why habits and coping mechanisms happen a lot of the times, right? Not all of them are bad or anything like that, but it's like we do get that release that it feels good for a second, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And I think you and I are both more interested in that like sustainable, like foundational joy, like creating thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not something to like to get hits of from other places or like, like to some like eventually reach when you hit a goal it's like Mm-mm. it's it it needs to be the coming from place and the like the day-to-day experience like how it's not just getting somewhere but it's like how did you get there yeah what were your reasons for wanting to get there in the first place and was joy present for those I love the way you just said that and that reminded me of I recently signed up for a race in it's six months five months from now which is totally not my style. <laughs> I do not sign up for things way ahead of time, especially triathlons when I'm 
not currently running. Like, I just feel like that jinxes me. (laughs) So we can deal with my superstitions at another time. (laughs) But um, I was telling a friend I did that and she was like, good, it's good to have a solid goal. And I was like, oh, oh, interesting. There's no way I did it at all. It was actually like the race director's emails were kind of getting to me and I was feeling like it actually was going to fill up. But I was like, I don't do it for the solid goal. I do it because I'm madly head over heels in love with the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit before the recording started, like I've, I've been getting back into endurance running for the first time in like seven years. And I totally used to be the like, I'm going to crush this race. Like I'm going to go as fast as I possibly can. I don't care if I can't walk for two weeks afterward. Like this is good. Like I'm going to show everybody how great I am. And it's such a different process now. Like the races are almost like a, like a side effect of me wanting to run an endurance race. Like it's fun to have something to work toward, right? Like, uh, okay. Like, like, yes, it's nice to have the, like, I don't feel like doing my long run today, but actually like, if I want to do this race, I need to, I need to get out there and and make this Mm -hmm. happen. But I, it it feels so different to feel like I don't, like, I really don't care what my time is. Like, I'm just really curious to see who I become in this process. Mm. I love that so much. Like it's already shifted. Like I started running like five months ago and I already can feel differences in like my mental processes, like obviously in my body, but it's like, I can feel changes. And for whatever, for whatever reason I was craving this, it's working, whatever's happening. I don't know. I don't know all, like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, it almost doesn't matter. Like I have a race next weekend and it's, it's almost like, I don't even like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it, but I almost like don't need to, like, I've already gotten what I needed from it and I haven't even done the race. What have you noticed has changed so far? Um, I mean, it's like some of the, like the, like purely f- like physical physiological stuff of just like more presence with my body because I need to take better care of myself when I'm trying to build up endurance muscles again. It's like, I can't, I can't just go out for a run cold. Like I have to warm up and I have to take care of my body afterward. Um, I'm definitely not staying up late if I'm going to go, like if I need to run the next day. Um, and even too, just like, you know, like little things that maybe I would have put off before, like not, not running related. It's like, I just take care of them now. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have time to like have this be a thing for a few days. Like I have other things I need to do. It's kind of like, like if you have a training plan, obviously like I don't follow it to a T because sometimes my body says like, this is not what you need to do today. But also like, I can tell the difference if it's just my mind being like, oh, I don't want to do this training thing today compared to my body being like, mm, maybe shift some stuff around. And so it's like, if there's a, if there's, if there's a plan or there's things that need to get taken care of, if you miss a workout, it's gone. You can't make it up. Right. right. You can try. It doesn't work out. I've tried that in the past. It doesn't work out to try and like squish three together in one day <laughs> or whatever. No. Don't do it. <laughs> But same, it's like, if I look at my schedule for like the week, I'm like, here are the things I'd like to get done. If I actually just do things on the day that I think I'm going to like that they need to get done, it doesn't feel like all of a sudden I have a million things I have to do in one day. Cause it's, I just, I did them when I said I was going to do them. And mm. I'm noticing that it's becoming easier the more I've been training to do that, which is really cool. Cause it's like creating so much more space of like, cause like, I love my job, but it's not my whole life. I love coaching. I love writing. I love you know, all this stuff, but it's not my life. Like it's a part of my life, but I want space to do other things like painting and reading and hanging out with my dog. And like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, 
my work doesn't need to be my whole life if I actually just do what I needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's bringing you like, this is just from running. Yeah. Which is like something I historically hated my entire life. And I used to literally do it just to prove that I, I could do it, even though I hated it. And now it's like, <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm back. I have some stuff to teach you. <laughs> and it sounds like it's teaching you from a place of love. Oh, totally. As opposed oh. to like that, I'll show you. Oh yeah. It's not like that at all. And honestly, like, I also have just been having like so much joy while running. Like my body loves it. And I'm not questioning that. <laughs> okay, great. Let's do it. Like, if I don't try and like go too fast or like push too hard, like I feel so good. And it's, it, this is where a lot of that, like, am I allowed to have this, like feel this good started coming through? Cause I started running in the middle of like some really intense plantar fasciitis and every doctor was telling me like, don't, you know, don't run, don't do too much movement. Like here's the stretches you can do. I was like, yeah, cool. I get it. I've been doing that for a while. My body kept being like run. And I was like, that's the worst thing I could do. Isn't it? My brain has like, all, yeah. knows all the things. And I just kept being like, you should run. I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, like I, I really set myself up for it. Like I, I bought new shoes. I went and got like my gate tested, did all did the whole thing. <laughs> and like, I was like, am I really buying running shoes? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and I started running, and my like, it wasn't immediate, but my between the running and the taking care of myself before and after running, within like a month, my heel pain was basically gone. Like the day to day, it it still shows up. It like it it's not completely gone, but if I'm moving consistently and I'm doing like some sort of combination of like stretching and strength training, running, cycling, like. I don't wake up with heel pain anymore. So all of the not moving and doing what the doctor was saying wasn't working for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it wasn't working for me. And my body was telling me something different. And like, it was such this incredible like access point to feeling good that I didn't even know was there. I, that's a brilliant phrase, an access point to feeling good that you didn't even know was there. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, I love the way our bodies say stuff like that. Like yeah. my heel pain is nerve pain right now. Ah, uh, okay. And I've got a lot of people being like, oh, if it's plantar fasciitis, do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I've had plantar fasciitis before. Like it's not that. <laughs> it isn't. Trust me, my plantar fascia is in great shape right now because that's what I thought it was when it first started. Yeah. So I did all the things. Um, but it's interesting that when I hear that, before I even knew what it was, my body was like, nope, nope. It wasn't even my head. It was my body yeah. was like, we don't need to take this on. This isn't for us. Yeah. There's another invitation here. And, and it turns out that this heel pain has been one giant invitation for me to heal from a car accident in 2004. Mm. To do the wow. total body healing. I am so grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like a really important thing too of the like, doing the things that are in service of our joy don't always feel good in the moment. Yes. Right. And I think we, we can't always see the joy right away. We, we can. We, we might feel it in our bodies, but not yeah. our heads won't get it yet. Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, why am I doing this? I don't know. Yeah. But there's a reason, there's a reason this is happening right now. And I think that's a huge thing of like trusting 
the process and like trusting what's like, this is where I think why we sometimes don't like to be present because the answers of what's next show up, but they don't always come with the whole picture or they don't always show us what's going to happen at the end of that particular experience. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, I don't know. That's scary. It's unknown. Let me just distract myself again and pretend like I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> and when we do show our enthusiasm or excitement about it and share it with other people, sometimes the other people are like, wow, um, you're weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just totally don't get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super real too. <laughs> I um back when we lived in Maine, I was running and it was icy. But it was it was really there were ice patches and they were pretty small. And I remember running and being like, okay, don't step in the ice patch. And then I stepped on the ice patch and I went down. Mm. And I went down on my pinky finger. And the first thing I thought was Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Where you look is where you go in business and life and everything. That's so cool. And then I looked at my finger and was like, dude, it's bent back so far. Way to go. Like some people like break their hips on the ice. I'm like, look at my baby <laughs> finger taking the whole thing and being totally flexible. And um, I had my finger taped for a few days afterwards because it did hurt it. <laughs> and yeah. I remember teaching spinning and everyone's like, what happened? So I told them the story, just like I just told you there. And they're all like, oh, ice is terrible. Ice is scary. I know so-and-so broke their leg on ice and -and so-and-so hurt their back. And they're all just looking at me like, I'm crazy. But I was like, no, you guys, this is really good. How cool is my body? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like we get to choose how we experience things, right? And like where we put that energy like you weren't denying the fact that it sucked and that it hurt right. and that like you would have preferred that didn't happen. <laughs> and like, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna experience it anyway, like why not look for where there can be appreciation and like where like, you're right, you didn't break your leg, you didn't break your hip or like have something more major happen. So like being grateful for that isn't like, that's amazing. And it's yeah. also another like, cool body. Like, thank you. Like you've got me. I'm seeing that. Like, thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big lesson for me. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a big epiphany I had recently is about that car accident. And this is Mm. what part of how I know the heel is connected to that. I just realized recently that my body protected me. Mm. My body, I mean, maybe it saved my life. Like, my body did that for me. Yeah. It's not to be blamed for all the, like, injuries I've had since then. It's to be like, oh, thank you so much. It's time to take care of you now. Yeah. And that's like, you know, there's a lot of talk about, like, trusting our bodies or loving our bodies. And, like, that could be a whole other conversation I think that we could Mm -hmm. have. But... I think that's important because our bodies are really like our vehicles for joy. Like we, it's a felt experience, right? And you don't have to like love everything about your body or like love the way you look all the time or anything like that. But like that, like that, that love of like, my body keeps me alive. My body like is here to help me even if it's not perfect or not what I think it should be. It's like, can I, can I trust that? 
like, can I trust? And, and I'm, I want to be very clear. I'm speaking like specifically from the perspective of somebody who is able-bodied and healthy. So like, I know yeah. there may be more complicated experiences that I'm not aware of for other people. And like, where can there be a little bit more like just presence with your body and like acknowledgement of what your body does do for you and creating that space to be like, Hey, maybe like there is some joy available here with my body right now, Mm -hmm. not, you know, in 20 pounds or, you know, 26.2 miles or whatever it is like, just what about right now? Like what little, little opening can we create for some, some joy and connection there? And picture it like a door that's open a little crack. Yeah. (laughs) Can you just peek around that? Can you pull it open a little more? Can you Mm -hmm. squeeze through into that joy, into that light? Yeah. At the very least, can you like smell the jasmine like wafting through? (laughs) The sun, the sunrise color is like creeping under the door. (laughs) Can you, can you receive the joy that's Mm -hmm. everywhere? Mm -hmm. That's trying to get to you. And that's a practice too. Like if we're not used to it, if there's a lot of barriers up to that, like it can take time to be okay to like be open to allowing joy in. Yeah. Like you might know exactly how to deal with everything that could go wrong and all of the struggles and all of this. And sometimes it's like someone gives you, someone gives you a compliment or you see something really beautiful and you like, don't even know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's an invitation. Like, Oh, interesting that this feels like more uncomfortable than like family drama, for example. Yeah. 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 We're taught in some ways, whether it's by watching or by actually being told or, or taught in a classroom, we're taught how to deal with all the, all the drama, all the negative stuff. But no one tells us how to deal with joy and love even how to receive that. No, they're like, Great if you have it, hold on because it's yeah. going to go away. Yeah, that's not helpful. No. <laughs> or it's just like, oh, well, you, you're, you have happiness happily ever after. Enjoy. Like, yeah. Just know, like, yeah. The story's real, over now. Real life, like day to day living. <laughs> yeah. Kate, if you had a billboard, what would it say? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> a billboard probably just say like are you having fun (laughs) is play a big value of yours yes how do you play every day oh my gosh in so many ways I mean I make everything a game even if it's just to myself like you know like anything from like household tasks, like how fast can I unload the dishwasher? I'm like six. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like how fast can I do this? Like how, how quickly can I put my socks away or whatever? Like I totally have to like make my, like with things like that, but also just like, like I, I play with my, my dog and my cat all the time. Like I love just like running around with them. Um, and like, I don't even know how, like, just, it's just, it's just like a, it's an energy. I think that's just infused in everything that I do. Like if I feel like I'm getting like serious and my shoulders like start to creep up around my ears and like, all right, like, like reset, like what, what can I do to like not be so linear and just like allow some space? I mean, I live in San Diego. I go to the ocean a lot and just like whatever needs to happen. Um, 
I love like I have I'll, I'll give myself like spontaneity days where I like have nothing planned I'm just like what do I want to do today just kind of see where the energy takes me and yeah uh, have you read outrageous openness nope oh, well I highly recommend the book okay. um <laughs> and Tosha Silver who wrote it talks about days that she does that oh that's awesome yeah yeah and she'll like walk down these random streets that she's never been down before and yeah. mm-hmm. It's like the universe always has something to show her. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Just like, I think like a really big element of that playfulness is trust. Just like Mm. trusting that like, you're going to be good. You're going to be okay. That's such a great way to practice it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause we talk about like, like self-trust and then like gets really serious and like, okay, like I got to figure out how to trust myself. Like, no, it's like, it's an experiential process and practice. And it's like, it's, you're never going to perfect it. So like, maybe, maybe it can be fun, like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have to wrangle ourselves. We don't yeah. have to discipline ourselves. Just yeah. need to listen and play. Yeah. Follow the joy. Exactly. Exactly. All right, one more question, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever done? Oh, okay. Um, hmm. This is like not maybe what I thought I was going to say, but like how many years ago is this? Like nine years ago when I was living in Colorado, I first moved to Denver and somebody I had just met asked me if I wanted to hike a 14er, which is like a mountain that's peak is over 14,000 feet. And I was like, sure, that sounds fun. Um, Not really thinking through the fact that like, I had just moved to a place where like the altitude was completely different. And also I was terrified of heights. So I, it like, it was like a combination of like, do I even know this person enough to trust them? I'm just going to follow and hope that it works out. And then we got to the top and it was amazing. But honestly it was the hike down that was like so terrifying. I did so much of it on my butt (laughs) because it was just like open space all around me. And it was really cool and it was so scary. And I remember that feeling in my body of like, I'm not going to die. It's going to be okay. I had to keep like, like unclenching and like untensing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about that actually. Cause I, I don't, I don't really have that same fear anymore, but that was like a, a moment. <laughs> That's what I love about this question is yeah. I feel like the answer always surprises people. <laughs> yeah. Like it's always just like, because like you can't get this wrong. Yeah, totally. I just want you to say, like, what was it that just came to your mind just then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then afterward being like, I'm never going to do that again. And then, like, three weeks later, I did another one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing with fear is it's, like, once you start, like, you're like, all right, whether it's on purpose or not, it's, like, okay, I did that and I didn't die. Can I do it again? That's, like, mine. <laughs> that's pretty much mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kate, this has been amazing so and fun. wonderful, and I'm so grateful and so confused as to why it, it took us so long to do this, yeah. but <laughs> I'm really grateful for it. Where can people learn more about you, learn how to work with you, all of, all of the things? Yeah, uh, my website is my name, katemorolt.com, and I spend most of my internet time on Instagram, which is my name, kate underscore morolt. Um, that's a great place to come play with me. awesome thank you so much for this thank you yeah it's so fun
Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.